Hey yo, what's up, Five Familiar? It's your boy, Young Malva Pudding. Man, I love Malva Pudding so much, man. Listen, I'm just gonna take a little bit of time to appreciate Malva Pudding for what it is, man. Malva Pudding is the best dessert ever. If you if you are my close friends on Instagram, you'll know what I'm talking about. Malva Pudding, unmatched. Like it, it honestly. Hmm, my goodness, I love Malva Pudding so much, so so much, man. It's essential experience, man. You gotta get that Woolworths Malva Pudding, though. You know what I'm saying? That wo- that Woolies Malva. Then you get some Ultramel. If you don't get, but you could also get that. There's another Woolies uh, custard that's like vanilla flavor. That's also really good, man. Oh, Malva Pudding is so good, man. Mm, 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 mm. If you want, if you want me to love you forever, just serve me Malva Pudding, bro. Just, just every night. Two, three servings, four servings. I promise you, I'll love you forever. I'll work my ass off for you, man. I'm just, I'm just giving you uh, a little, a little heads up if, if you're listening in that way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, welcome back to another episode of the weigh-in. And you know, so there, there weren't really any like, uh, there wasn't any UFC events this past weekend. So I've been thinking to myself, what, what should I talk about? What should I talk about, man? And you know what? I keep saying I'm going to revisit this. I'll revisit this. I'll revisit that. I'll revisit, 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 revisit. And what is it I'm supposed to be revisiting? For all my new MMA fans, for all the people who are just getting into MMA as a sport or, you know, you, you're interested in getting in or you, you found this podcast. You're like, who's this guy, man? Who's this handsome man who talks about fighting man who's this guy man let me hear what he has to say you know what i'm saying if you're one of those people um then uh, this episode is for you this is literally mma 101 new fans start here this is for you man so i'm gonna go over all like the broad things that you need to know and understand when it comes to the beautiful sport of mixed martial arts now i got this idea actually a lot of what i'm gonna say i got from um a YouTube video and a little bit of research and other stuff that I got down. Um, so, also if you're a new fan, go and subscribe to MMA on Point. Beautiful YouTube channel where they do like lots of top ten lists and all that kind of stuff, um, and helps you learn, helps you keep up with stuff. It's also very interesting stuff. They're very good, very good stuff. Um, so subscribe to MMA on Point. Um, Shout out to them. I'm going to give them credit. Tommy Tollhold on Twitter. Shout out to you, man. Uh, but yeah, man, let's let's get into this thing, man. So where to start? Well, let's start with the origins of MMA. Like where, where the hell? So who the hell decided let's put some niggas in a cage and see them fight? You know what I mean? So a lot of people will draw parallels between like gladiator fighting and mixed martial arts, which is, I guess, the spectacle of fighting. Yes, but not mixed martial arts specifically, because remember, gladiators would just use like swords and stuff and they would train in a specific way right so mixed martial arts what is it man it's mixed martial arts right and what's a martial art martial art is simply a system of fighting or defending yourself right so everyone knows the popular sort of martial arts that exist karate judo um boxing is a martial art right um uh, karate, judo, boxing, jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, all these other styles, all these styles and all these variations and systems of fighting, right? And there's the, always the age-old question. Remember when, when we were kids, remember when we watched Bruce Lee um, fight Chuck Norris, right? 
you know, and we were like, who would win, right? Chuck Norris, the karate guy, Bruce Lee, the, you know, I'd say he comes from a Kung Fu background, but he developed his own, um, he developed his own system of fighting thereafter, right? So it's like, who would win in a fight? Like, you always wondered who, who, I mean, you think of all the games we used to play, right? You think of games like Tekken. You'd had the guy, Eddie Goro, right? The guy who does capoeira, the guy who was dancing and did all those flips and stuff, right? You have that guy, and then you have, um, King, who has like more of a shoot wrestling style. So we always used to wonder, which style is the best for fighting? Like, which one would apply, right? So, basically, in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, there were these sort of showcases of different styles. They get two guys in different styles and they pair them up and they say, okay, fight and let's see who, who comes out the best, right? But the problem with that is that it didn't really prove which style was the best. It just proved who was more efficient in their style, right? So it doesn't, re- it doesn't really prove who, which style is the most effective style, right? Because if I, if, 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 if I fa- fight some 12 year old kid who's a black belt in karate, I'm going to whoop his ass. There is no way about it, right? Uh, even if I just use straight boxing and use this as karate, I'm going to whoop his ass. It doesn't necessarily mean that karate or boxing is better, whatever, right? So what happened was there was sort of a wave in, in the East and the West where, um, in the West, how it started was, there was this organization or this kind of fighting called Vale Tudo, right? And this, this mainly happened in Brazil and the legendary Gracie family, which are, which have a jujitsu background. Jujitsu is like a, is like submission fighting, right? It's all on the ground. You fight on the ground and you try and submit your opponent by manipulating his limbs or getting a choke or whatever it may be, right? So you'd have them, um, sort of, showcasing that jiu-jitsu was the better mixed martial art whereas in the in the east in japan and and so on you know professional wrestlers would sort of had these shoot wrestling matches a shoot wrestling matches you know how wrestling wwe all that stuff there's a predetermined winner right shoot wrestling is where there's no predetermined winner so these guys are actually kind of fighting but not really fighting and they would use sort of different martial arts styles to sort of, you know, capture the imagination of the crowd, right? And so, because these became so popular, you had organizations like Pancrase and Shudo, which actually had uh, that shoot wrestling style, but turned into even more of a martial art showcase kind of thing. So these guys were actually fighting. So that's where you get guys like Bas Rutten, right? Who was a karate guy um, and who who had to learn jujitsu because, he, you know, every time he got taken to the ground, he gets submitted. So he learned jujitsu and he was a karate guy. He would combine those two. Look now, you're a formidable fighter. So that's where that sort of movement in the East and the West happened. But the person I would personally credit as sort of the father of mixed martial arts is Bruce Lee, right? So Bruce Lee, how Bruce Lee sort of started was he, he didn't really like these, um, weird showcases of karate and all these other things where they were, it was more of a point system and point fighting. Point fighting is literally like you're not trying to fight to hurt your opponent. You're, you're trying to fight to like win in a certain way, in like in a competitive way. Whereas Bruce Lee said, no, I believe that these fights need to mimic what a real fight would be in real life, right? Because martial arts is not effective if it can't be used in real life. And so Bruce Lee developed his own fighting style and displayed this fighting style against different kinds of opponents. 
different kinds of mixed martial arts, martial arts opponents. You know, Bruce Lee, he started doing ground and pound. He started takedowns. He, he started doing all these different things. And so he developed his own system. And then he finally came to the realization that fighting styles are too restrictive, right? If you just stick to karate, it's too restrictive. If you just stick to boxing or Muay Thai or whatever, it's too restrictive. What you need to do is combine all of these things, right? So he denounced all styles, including the own style that he came up with, denounced them all. And he said, as a fighter, you need to decide which, which things, which elements from fighting styles fit you best. And that's how you need to fight. So Bruce Lee really is, I believe, the, the, the grand, the, the father of mixed martial arts. And I think if he were alive today, he would probably have started a mixed martial arts promotion. That would probably be the number one promotion. Maybe he may have fought in the UFC. Um, but that brings us to the UFC, right? Like, where did the UFC start? Well, basically, the Gracie family. Remember the Valet Tudor guys with the jiu-jitsu? The Gracie family and the the guys who started the UFC at first, um, who got bought out eventually by Dana White and the Free Tita Butters. Um what happened, they started the UFC and sort of had different styles. So they had a karate guy, a sumo wrestler and all these things. And, you know, we all know that Hoist Gracie won the first UFC event, UFC one, proving that it's really not muscles and all that kind of stuff that wins your fight. It's intelligence. It's all that kind of stuff. So that's where the origins of, that's where MMA comes from. That's where the sport comes from, the, the glory of it, man. We just want to see who is the baddest man in the world in a free flow kind of, kind of way right so in a free fighting kind of way so i you know for me i love bruce lee quite clearly anyway now let's move on to like terminology right so you i think you've heard me say things like grappling tko uh clinch mount you've heard me say these words like what the hell is this i talking about right so i'm gonna get over it go over it all right so a strike is basically where you hit your opponent, right? So it's a punch, a kick, an elbow, or a knee. That's a strike. Grappling basically is where you grab a hold of your opponent and try and manipulate his body or move him in the way that you want to do, right? So that's what grappling is, whether it's on the ground or it's while standing, right? We'll get over to the variations, right? So a KO or a knockout, right, is where you separate your opponent from consciousness, Quite, quite frankly. So you incapacitate him by hitting him so hard, right? Where it's just, he's out cold, right? But a technical knockout, a TKO, is where the referee steps in before that moment. And you ask yourself, why would the referee step in before you could incapacitate your opponent, right? So the thing with MMA is you need to, the, the referee needs to watch for these guys intelligently defending themselves. When you are no longer intelligently defending yourself, the ref saves you, takes you out, says, okay, man, you've lost. Let's not do this anymore. And that's why I like MMA as opposed to like boxing. Boxing has a 10, has a, um, has a standing eight count rule, right? You know, you know, in boxing, you get knocked down, you give you eight seconds or so to stand up or 10 seconds to, or so to stand up. And then when you stand up, you go again and you keep going and you keep going. Whereas in MMA, if you just keep getting hit, 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 whether on the feet or on the ground, the ref says, hey, man, get done. So basically the ref is saving, like, you know, in a street fight, right? When it, you see a street fight and a guy's getting his ass whooped and you can't see this oak, he's not going to come back from this. He's, 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 it's not competitive. We save you. We get you off. So that's a technical knockout. Now submission, right? A submission is where, and a, your, where 
you make your opponent tap s several times. So tap out. Everyone knows what a tap out is. Where basically where you tap, saying I give up. It's basically giving up in the fight. I wouldn't say giving up, but I don't like I don't like the word give up when it comes to submissions because it's a little bit more like like yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like the word give up because no one's really a quitter. You know, you're not really quitting. You're just submitting to you. are saying, no, you've won. I can't get out of this position and it's extremely painful, right? So how would you submit someone? Through a choke or via um, limb manipulation. So, you know, when someone has your arm and they twist it behind your back so far, you know, um, that's a submission and then you tap out because it's to all your knee or whatever. So limb manipulation or you get a choke. Right, but you can't choke with your like your hands. Like obviously, also that's not very effective. Right, you can't just stand on someone and choke them. I think that's a rule. I'm not sure if that's a rule or not, but you know the chokes have to come with rear naked chokes or guillotines or that kind of stuff. All that other stuff you learn as you watch the sport. There's no point in me explaining to you what a rear naked choke or a guillotine or all these things like different things are. Just know that those are kinds of submissions. And as you watch, you'll see. Oh, that's a rear naked choke. Oh, that's a guillotine. Oh, that's an, you know. Um, high elbow guillotine or whatever it is, right? So then you may hear sometimes there is a technical submission, right? So a technical submission is basically before you are able to tap, you pass out, right? So if they, if someone chokes you, right, you're not getting air, you will pass out, right? You will pass out if you don't tap or your opponent breaks a limb. So he has your arm so far back that he breaks your arm. The ref will come in and say, okay, it's done now. You're done. You're done, my boy. Sit down. It's okay. You did your best. It's done. So that's a technical submission, right? So those are the sort of broad stuff. Then let's go over some positional um, terminology, right? So the clinch. Well, what a clinch is, is basically when you're grappling while standing up. So you may clinch against the cage or just clinch against or clinch in the middle of the cage. But basically where you, there are different variations of a clinch. Um, so there's, you know, you can clinch someone from behind them, from in front of them, from the side, the different positions like over under, double under, tie, different kinds of clinches, different kind of clinch positions. But a clinch, basically, if you see people holding each other while standing up, that's a clinch, right? And then from the clinch, you can get a takedown or you can get a takedown from a naked position where basically where you just shoot in for a takedown. A takedown is basically where you tackle your opponent to the ground. You guys watch rugby. You guys know rugby. Whenever a guy goes down in MMA, we'd call that a takedown, right? So where you're able to clinch and put him down. So a takedown doesn't really count if you, if you, if you punch your opponent and then he falls, that's a knockdown. See, that's the difference. You actually take your person down or you knock them down. See how this, uh, see how this all makes sense? It's all making sense, all making sense, right? Now, when, when, I, when we get the takedown and we're on the ground, right, you may hear the word the guard, right? The guard is basically where the opponent is, where, is basically where the fighter is in between his opponent's legs, <laughs> Pause. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Where he's basically in between, so your hips will be in between your opponent's legs, and that's the guard. There are different variations of the guard. There's a half guard where basically, um, 
you're only between one of his legs. There's a half guard, um, rubber guards, there's different kinds of guards, but basically that's what a guard is. When you pass both of his legs, right? You pass both of his legs and now you're on top. That is the mounted position, right? Ladies, that is the mounted position, right? So from the, and there are different variations of the mount, right? So there's the mount, there's uh, north, south, there's like a crucifix, different kinds of mounts, right? But basically, if you see a, a guy who's sort of on top of his opponents and the legs are not involved anymore, his opponent's legs are not involved anymore, that tends to be the mount, right? So those are some of the terminology. There's much more to it than that. But if you start off with these basics, watch, listen to the comments, and you say, oh, that's a strike. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You begin to understand what's going on and you begin to understand more terminology. Right. Let's move on to the rules. Right. Because it's not anything goes. That's definitely not what I mean. Like that's not that's barbaric. Right. There are rules to this. Right. So the difficult thing about the rules is that the U so everyone. So you you know that I cover the UFC mostly. Right. But sometimes I talk about Bellator or I'll talk about one championship or PFL, whatever. We'll get into what those things mean. But these organizations, the different organizations don't make the rules, right? They don't control the rules, right? Which makes sense, right? Because these organizations are promotions. They're promoting their fighters. So they could manipulate the rules unfairly to promote certain fighters, right? So for example, I have fighter A who's a brilliant at striking versus fighter B who's brilliant at grappling. And I make it such that the rules say that you can uh, that you can't grapple, for example. Now I'm purposefully making it such that my one fighter can get promoted better than the other fighter who's still part of my promotion, right? So that's why that's that's a sort of check and balance, right? So these rules are actually governed are regulated by state governing bodies. So I'm talking about the US specifically, right? By state governing bodies. So, but the problem with the different states is that there may be different rules within different states. So there is a unified rule set, right? There's a unified rule set, but um, but some states have deviated from from the unified rule set on stuff like what is a grounded opponent and all that kind of stuff. So, but, I'm not going to explain what a grounded opponent is, right? It's just, otherwise we'll be explaining everything I say. Anyway, so that makes it very confusing for us as fans because we're like, okay, we have to remember which rules apply tonight, which special rules apply tonight. But it makes it even more confusing for the fighters because obviously in a high stakes environment, in, a, in that stressful environment where you're fighting someone, um, you know, you can sometimes mess up with the rules but there are different kinds of rules right so those are those are the basic rules and then then in outside of the u.s like in asia and stuff there are different rules so for example in the u.s you can't kick a downed opponent in the head a downed opponent as in a guy who's on the ground you can't kick him on the head whereas in 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 um, in asia you can that is called a soccer kick you can definitely kick that nigga in the head or you can knee him in the head while he's a downed opponent um so those are the sort of different rules. So it really depends geographically where the fight is happening, which rules may apply. But there are basic rules, like basic rules that apply everywhere. If you watch the UFC mainly, um, I always suggest that people watch the UFC first 
fall in love with the UFC, then move on to other organizations. If you watch the UFC and then move on to other organizations, picking up on the different rules is very easy. They work pretty much the same. Like the overall things work the same, you know? No eye gouging, no nut shots, no grabbing onto the cage, no throwing people over the cage. Actually, special special thing, right? So I think it was UFC 2 or UFC 3, right? Where I think it was Tank Abbott who tried to throw an opponent over the cage, right? Um, and Big John McCarthy, who is sort of the granddaddy of, of MMA um, refereeing and also the rules, um, he, they had to write in the rule that you can't throw anyone over the cage after that happened. Funny, fun fact. Anyway, you can't throw anyone outside the cage. No toes and limbs, like no fingers or toes inside the cage. Um, that kind of stuff. They're, they're different. They're actually, quite a lot of don'ts, like don't put fingers inside of orifices. Um, some of you know may know what an oil check is. Uh, you can't do that. Can't do oil checks. We don't, we don't like oil checks. Um, if you want to know what an oil check is, just... Uh, send me a tweet or something. <laughs> um, so what happens if I break those rules, Kuda? Like, what happens if I gouge someone in their eyes lots of times, right? So the referee will warn you, right? The referee will warn you first, but, and then, or it depends on the severity of, the, so if sometimes you can have a case the way they kick you in the nut so hard, but you recover that they're like, no ways. We have to deduct a point. So either the referee will warn you, or if he deems it so severe, or you've done that thing multiple times, they will deduct a point. Okay, so what's a point? Now, we'll get onto points when we move to scoring, which is what we're going to do now. So scoring, right? So scoring an MMA fight is done on a 10-point system, right? So, so um, the winner of the, of the round will get 10 points, right? will get 10 points um, and the loser of the round will get nine or less. Okay. So generally speaking, there are three judges, right? So there'll be three judges and each fight is either three rounds or five rounds, three rounds, normally five rounds for championship fights or um, championship fights or main events, right? So the five rounds, so each round is five minutes, by the way. So there'll be three judges who score. So the what the judges will do is, is they will score each round independently. So I'll score round one, I'll say 10-9, score the next round, 10-9, score the next round, 10-9, 10-9, 10-9, all the way down, right? And then I'll calculate, then I'll add up all my scores for each round. The fighter with the highest score, with the highest score wins for that judge, right? So, and so the fighter who has more judges scoring in their favor will win the fight. So if all three judges decide that Kuda is the winner, that's a unanimous decision, right? If two judges decide the fight for, if, if two judges score the fight for one fighter and one judge scores it for another fighter, that is a split decision, right? If two judges score it for one fighter and one judge scores it a draw, that is a majority decision. Um, and if two judges score it as a draw, um, and one judge scores it for another fighter, so two judges have scored it for a draw, that is a majority draw, right? Um, and then if all three judges score it, if, if one judge scores, if one judge scores it for one fighter, one judge scores it for another fighter, and one judge scores it as a draw, that'll be a draw, um, 
uh, yeah, so it's just basically the majority wins. If the majority of judges say that this guy wins, that guy wins, right? So you go, Kuda, you told us about deducting points and the points. So like, what are you talking about, right? So what? You, so this is how you score a fight. You watch the fight, right? And you determine who wins that round. You give that guy 10 and the other guy 9. Usually you give them 9. But if they were getting their ass handed to them, like they were, they were actually getting whooped in there, like whooped, 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 multiple knockdowns, ground and pound is crazy, um, all that kind of stuff. You can give them eight points, for example. So you can score a 10-8 round or 10-7 round, depending on the severity of that beating, right? Um, some t but you can also score draws, right? So you can score around 10-10 if you think that everyone, if these guys were very evenly matched in the round, you can score it a 10-10 round, right? After that, comes in the point deductions. So if I win the round, right, let's say I whip this guy's ass and I win the round 10-9, but I kicked him in the nuts twice and the ref took away a point from me, then you will take one point away from that 10-9 and it'll become a 9-9 round, if that makes sense. So you score the point, you score the fight first, then you deduct the points, if that makes sense, right? So then now let's move on to like the scoring like how do you how do you score the fight right so the fights are scored based on effective striking grappling aggressiveness and control right in that order so the first criteria is effective striking then grappling then aggressiveness then control so what is effective striking or effective grappling or effective aggressiveness what what is that it's basically like which strikes and which what grappling will contribute to the ending of this fight, right? Which or, or to the to to a knockout or a submission of some variety, right? So, you know, if if some guy punches me once, right? If some guy punches me five times and I I'm unaffected, these are not hard strikes, nothing happening, but I punch him once and he gets knocked down, I most likely win that round because I was striking more effectively, right? Now let's, so that's basically what she starts. She started effective striking and, grapp and grappling. If the two fighters are equally matched on that, then you move on to aggressiveness. But it's, this is kind of confusing because they say it's effective aggressiveness. Um, but, you know, like surely effective aggressiveness shows up in a effective grappling and striking, right? Like if you're aggressively, if you're effectively aggressive, that means you're striking and grappling effectively. That's where this gets very confusing to score. And that's why anytime you go into MMA Twitter and there's a close decision, people are literally fighting each other, like literally fighting each other, um, you know, um, calling each other casuals and stuff. I find that so, so funny. But anyway, and then if the shift of striking and grappling and, ag and aggressiveness are all equal then you move on to control basically who dominated the octagon like so so who where did the fight take place and on whom on whose terms did it take place in terms of the pacing of the fight where it took place on the ground was it on the feet whatever all that kind of stuff that is how we score fights so that is scoring scoring is confusing scoring is hard the only way you learn how to do it is by watching fights you gotta watch these fights these all these things make sense when you watch the fights. So at the at the end of this, I'm gonna say, go and watch some fights. Go and watch some fights, man. Go and watch some fights and learn. Anyway, let's move on to weight classes and weight cutting, right? So 
when you get into the UFC and you want to fight, you can't just fight anyone. Imagine if, um, imagine if, uh, um, Imagine if, uh, let me find two. Imagine if Nasty C right, goes into the UFC and he says, Ooh, yeah, I want to fight. And they put him up against, I don't know, Casper um, Vest. That's not a fair fight because they're completely different sizes, right? So we can't have that kind of a situation, right? So there are, there are 14 weight classes in the unified rule set. But in the UFC, there are only eight weight classes, eight main male weight classes and four female weight classes, right? So the eight male weight classes are, right? You start, They start at 125 pounds, which is flyweight, right? Which is 57 kilograms. Then you move on to bantamweight, 61 kilograms. Move on to bantamweight, then move on to featherweight, 66 kilograms. Uh, lightweight, 70 kilograms. Welterweight, 77 kilograms. Middleweight, 84 kilograms. Um, light heavyweight, 93 kilograms. And um, heavyweight, 120 kilograms max, right? So in heavyweight, you can weigh from 93 to 120 kilograms, if that makes sense. Um, so that is... Those are the weight classes, right? I don't like to say 57, 61, 60. Those are very confusing numbers for me. I just like going 125, 135, 145, 155, 170, 185, 205, 265. That's just how I know it because A, it's an, like the USC is an American promotion, so they speak in pounds, and two, and B, it's quite an easy distinction to make because it's only like 10 pound differences before you get to 155 and 170 which is 15 pounds and then another 15 pounds and then you know but it doesn't really matter the point is those are the weight classes right and then in the women's game there are four weight classes which start at straw weight which is 52 kilograms then then the other uh, then the next three is 57 kilograms which i explained was um flyweight 61 kilograms which was bantamweight and 66 kilograms, which is featherweight, right? So generally speaking, for a normal fight, you're allowed an, a 0.9 uh, pound allowance, which is which is like basically saying, I can weigh in 155 and a half pounds or like slightly over 155 pounds, right? But for championship fights, you have to weigh in at the exact amount, right? So then you ask yourself, why? Okay, okay, so I understand you got to lose some weight, gain some weight, whatever. So, you know, what's weight cutting? So weight cutting is where basically a fighter will um, drain their water, drain their, well, lose weight by draining themselves of water, because remember, water is about 70% of your body mass. So they drain that, they drain as much water as possible, right, um, to to weigh in. And then once they weigh in, the weigh-ins are usually a day before. The day after, they rehydrate so that they can get back to as close to their normal weight as possible. So that's why sometimes a fighter will fight at 145 pounds, but they'll walk into the octagon at around 150, 155 pounds. That is, that is just... Um, uh, they just want a size advantage. You know what I mean? There's a there's a significant size advantage you can get. So if imagine if I was the only person who weight cutted, right? And I was fighting people who weigh my weight, like who weigh significantly less than me, but I weight cut, then I put on the extra mass. I've got a significant advantage in there. But weight cutting is very controversial because it's dangerous, right? You can weight cut and die. There have been cases where people have died or suffered very much from weight cuts um 
people weight cutting and being sent to the hospital, having organ failures, that kind of stuff. So weight cutting is very dangerous. Um, CUDA, what are we going to do about weight cutting? Nothing. As it stands, it's not illegal. Um, it's not been outlawed. So there's nothing really that we can do. One championship all the way in Singapore have claimed to have found a way to, to minimize weight cutting by not allowing you to cut a certain amount of your body weight. But that's what they claim. We don't really know. Um, or we can go with what they claim, right? Anyway, moving on. Different promotions, right? I, I talked about one. So we, so the UFC is not the only player in town, right? The UFC is the most prestigious and the biggest player in town and probably the longest running, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right? But there are other players in town. So like the Professional Fighters League. The Professional Fighters League does it such like, like the NBA playoffs. Basically, you qualify for a spot to fight and then you qualify by... So if you win fights, you get points and everyone has points. It's sort of like Premier, like the Champions League. For Yeah, it's like the Champions League if you watch football, right? So you play other teams in your group. You... You get points and then the person with the most points goes into the round of 16 or in this case, it'll be a semifinal. And then from the semifinal, you fight and get into the final and then you win a million dollars at the end, right? Then there's Bellator, right? Bellator is what they do a lot is Grand Prix. So they do, they sort of skip the points and the season stuff where basically they, they do the whole entire, we're going to fight for, they forget the whole entire fight, win points, then qualify. No, they select you, you're in a Grand Prix, you, and then you become, then you move through by beating people, beating people, beating people over several months, and then you get to the final, and then you win the championship and a million dollars. Then there's one championship all the way in Singapore. What they do really well is they have different kinds of martial arts. So they have MMA, but they also have great Muay Thai, great kickboxing. So go watch that. If you like Muay Thai kickboxing, if you want to see more of the striking, I always, I like, I really love one. It's a great, it's a great promotion. Um, it's very different to the UFC because they're more of, of like respect based. So you don't really get all of that trash talk and all that stuff. I think it's because, you know, Singapore, they have Thai guys, Chinese guys, Japanese guys, more about the respect there. Um, then there's Ryzen. That's a Japanese promotion. Then there's the EFC. It's our very own promotion in Africa, run out of, uh, run out of South Africa. Um, so they actually had an event this past weekend. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I shit on the EFC a lot, but I watched this past thing. I was like, I actually really enjoyed this and I'm going to start following a lot more. So you're going to hear me speak about the EFC a lot more. Um, yeah, the EFC. Then there's Invicta. Um, for all the ladies out there, there's an all ladies promotion where just the ladies fight. Only ladies are referees. I think only ladies are, are commentators. Invicta is really good. They put on some really good fights. Um, uh, those are the sort of the main players in the game. Um, then they are also, then they are also like regional. So that, so when you start as a fighter, you don't automatically make it to the UFC or the big the other big promotions you start on the regional scene so you start amateurs then you fight for some regional promotion um and then the ufc will say hey we really like you you can come and fight in the ufc so that's how sort of it works so a lot of these other guys will will move from like the pfl bellator one rising efc and victor lfa cage warriors all these other different smaller promotions into the big promotion because the ufc is seen to have and I believe they do have the best fighters, the best promotion, the best everything. 
So if you're, that's why I believe, my firm belief is if you are a champion in the UFC, you are the best in the world. If you're a champion somewhere else, unfortunately, there's a UFC champion who's, who's just better. He's better than you. That's, that's my, that's my view. A little bit of controversial. It's not controversial. This is what most people think. But anyway, um, and then we'll move on to fighters you need to watch. Fighters you need to know and watch, right? So in the UFC, uh, so whenever people go, Kuda, I really want to watch, start watching MMA, but I really don't know, like, who should I follow? Like, what should I do? How do I do it? Like, how, how do I watch? I say, listen, follow all the champions, right? So find out who all the champions are. Um, for the sake of my, the, the vast majority of my listeners are African. Um, but shout out to all my niggas out there in, uh, I've got niggas in... I think I've got some niggas in Turkey who are listening, got niggas some niggas in Germany listening, uh, niggas in Slovenia listening. Shout out to all you, man. Shout out to you, man. I don't know how to greet you guys, but shout out, shout out to people in Singapore listening. But the vast majority of my people are African, right? So speaking to you, so incredibly in the UFC, right, there are about 600 male fighters and, um, and Africans count for about 5% of that number. So there are about 30 African fighters on the roster. However, of the eight champions, three are African. So we've got about 38% of the champions. So we're really outdoing ourselves here. Uh, so I would say follow Kumaru Usman, Israel Adesanya, and Francis Ngannou. Usman is the welterweight champion. Adesanya is the middleweight champion. And Francis Ngannou is the heavyweight champion. So I'd say follow those three champions, right? Those are the three African champions. Some other champions you can follow. Amanda Nunes. I, I will... Put, put my balls on the line and say she is the greatest fighter to ever exist, male or female. There's Valentina Shevchenko there, uh, who's also a great fighter. Rose Namajunas, who's also a great champion. Um, other champions are not so popular. You can look at Volkanovski. Don't really like him, but he's a, he's all right. Uh, Brandon Moreno, lovely dude, lovely guy. He's he's so cute. He looks like McLovin. So if any of you watch super bad um go go google brandon moreno and he's like a nerd he just collects lego and stuff and he also happens to be <laughs> one of the most deadly men on the planet um other people but to, to be a star in the ufc you don't need to have a title you don't need to have a title you know you hear me talk about conor mcgregor a lot he's the biggest star in mma history john jones um you know controversial dude um, he's currently make, he's considered the greatest fighter ever and he's making his move up to heavyweight. Max Holloway, um, you know, great striker. I believe he is the real, he's the people's champ in my opinion. You, you talk about the Diaz brothers who, who's, uh, don't give a F attitude sort of makes him very popular. Um, and Nick Diaz is making his return very soon. So stay, stay, uh, stay watching for that. I'll obviously give you the whole 411, the whole story, the whole, you know, thing about the Diaz brothers and uh, Jorge Masvidal, also a very big star. Um, he currently, he, you know, he he won the BMF title for the baddest mother effer in the game. Um, and it was a once-off thing that he won against Nate Diaz um, and The Rock actually put, put the belt on him. So it was quite popular, quite a popular guy. Um, and then finally, when to watch and how to watch, right? So, um Unfortunately for us in South Africa, um, 
and Africa as a whole, we have to wake up really early to watch these fights. So um, they normally play on Super Sport um, Grandstand or Super Sport Action, um, and you can watch the fights, or you can like you can also just record the fights and then watch them later in the morning. They also replay the morning after. So normally they'll be on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, um, Sunday morning type type deal, um, um, and they start at around two o'clock or um, four o'clock depending on which coast they're on at two o'clock or four o'clock and then you just watch from there um and how to follow well the best place to follow is mma twitter i'm on mma twitter um trying to get more engagements and stuff from mma twitter guys but mma twitter is unique in the sense that there's no other sport in the world where the fighters the promoters and the fans interact so so they interact um like so fluidly like you can literally like just the other day gary goodridge is a you know octagon legend followed me on twitter i was super hyped uh, chris cyborg blocked me on twitter i don't know why i love that girl man she's a bellator champion one of the greatest fighters ever she blocked me on twitter i don't know why dude i'm still heartbroken about this um if you guys love me please just add chris cyborg and ask her why she blocked me i miss her i miss chris cyborg man um and then how else can you follow on um, Wikipedia and Tapology, UFC stats? Those give you like good statistical stuff, records, all that kind of stuff. Very good um, stuff. There's plenty of YouTube material, plenty of Twitter material, um, Bloody Elbow, MMA, Talk, I think they call themselves. Um, different different sort of news outlets that you can use. But yeah, man, that's, that's how you can follow the game. You can follow the game like that and... Yeah, that's uh that's it from me, man. Um, that that is the way in, bro. So I hope I hope this made it a little easier for you guys, all my new fans. And um, if there's any other questions you have, keep sending me your questions. I love when you guys send me questions. Keep sending me your questions. Keep engaging with me. Uh, it's been your boy, Young Malva. Yo, and if you see me in the streets, buy me some Melville pudding, man. Please, buy me Melville pudding, man. Um. But thank you so much for listening and peace.